Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. Before we get started, we're going to do one quick audio check with our guests because now we are live, and sometimes we've been finding that changes things. So with me today, I have Coach Solano. Let's just do a yeah, say hi just so I can hear your audio, please. That's odd. I hope I hope you hear me loud and clear. Gotcha. Okay, and then Coach Beckler. Yeah. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. Hey, we have good audio on everyone. Okay, perfect. Um, I do want to let everybody know before we get started that besteveryou.com and this show are not your most current information on the coronavirus or COVID-19. Please see your local community or wherever you get your news um, and CDC information or FEMA for emergency procedures in your area. We are not a news source for that information. We do have a community like this that is chiming in on what they think and feel and sort of chiming in to help us all be our best during this situation. And that is besteveryou.com slash coronavirus. And these shows appear there as well after they air live. So with that said, um, do you guys have anything to add to that for your specific communities? No? We're good? I, I don't okay. Right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an uncomfortable message to have to shout out to the universe, but, um, and, and please, as always dial 911, if you have a true emergency uh, with this or otherwise. So with that said, I'd like to welcome coach Solano, coach Chris Solano to the show. He's the head baseball coach at the university of new Haven. Uh, we entered into our ninth season and then um, not so much. So um, we we're on. Are we canceled? We're canceled, correct? All of yes, MCAA. officially. Yeah. yeah, officially canceled. Okay, um, didn't want to misspeak there. Um, you can read all about him and his bio, which is extensive D two baseball coaches and and overall baseball coaches and human beings that you will encounter. He is at NewHavenChargers.com/sports/baseball, and then also on the line we have Coach Jamie Beckler. And he's the host of Success is a Choice podcast. I've been on there before. Thank you for having me on there. And I love this. You're the author of the bus. Thank you. Um, He's the author of the bus trip and the leadership playbook. Um, I want to talk to you about the bus trip in a minute because I can't imagine what a bus trip is like with um, all all that. Um, But you're the former college basketball coach and a high school athletic director. And now you travel across the country speaking and consulting, maybe not right now. So that'll be interesting to understand how you are getting your job done as well. And you're a certified John Maxwell leadership coach. And both of them are on Twitter. Um, Coach Solano, you're at Coach Solano, correct? 
I tweet yeah. enough that I think that's it. And then <laughs> Coach, I call it sometimes in my head, Jamie, I call you Coach Jamie because I have a brother named Jamie. So please forgive me if I do that, everybody. Um, Coach Beckler, it's B-E-C-H-L-E-R. And it's jamiebeckler.com, spelled J-A-M-Y-B-E-C-H-L-E-R. And to get started, um, I, I, I wrote this, and I don't know if you guys want to chime in, but as, I wrote, as everyone is being called, as everyone called 2020, I can remember even me at the beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get out there with Percolate and travel and do in-person signings and do all the stuff, launch some new projects and, and renew energy and so forth. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, that vision is not going to happen at this time. So it's, it's, the vision is blurred is what I keep thinking in my head. And I thought it would be really interesting. We've had a lot of women on the show talking about stress and emotions and anxiety and all this stuff. And I thought it would be really interesting to have men on the show. And I know a lot of men are tuned in right now. So um, Coach Solano, should we start with you maybe? Um, How's it going? (laughs) Um, It's um, a very abnormal time for me calendar-wise because this is the time where um, I would typically have – very, very little downtime. We'd be in the middle of our season. Um, obviously, going, as you know, after experiencing it, um, our program is 24-7 um, most of the time, but definitely during um, what would be our spring season. So the shift in my day-to-day is completely turned on its head, for lack of a better term. So I know I have one of your athletes tuned in from my basement. And um, <laughs> I'm wondering, since I assume a lot of them probably are right now, if you have any advice to, I know you've checked in with them and so forth, but as we have other athletes tuning in as well, do you have any advice for, um, I don't even know how to put it, just routine disruption? I know there's gratitude in this, though, because if you're listening to this, you, you know, you're well and, and hopefully safe and well and all those things. Um, so we don't want to lose sight of gratitude. But how, what are you saying to the, to the players? I think the message for, and for us, I think it has to be um, – we have to really just focus on – it's pretty much a coaching cliche in a way. We have to focus on what we can control. And really right now the only thing we can control is, is what we do day to day, and that's staying safe, number one. Number two, to actually be an athlete right now is, is a little challenging. I don't think you know gym facilities aren't available. Obviously practice facilities for your specific sports aren't going to be available. Um, and quite frankly, going outside and – and working on your sport or working out or doing any type of exercise does carry some risk. So I think we really just need to be creative and be careful with, with what we do. But at the same time, I think about our student athletes, their whole life has really been turned upside down. We're now taking classes all exclusively um, electronically and online, which is a completely different dynamic from most. Um, we're not around 30 other teammates and four of the coaches every day anymore. Um, I think there's a lot of that detachment that you don't think about until you go through it. Um, at the end of every season, I kind of go through that mental, um, I don't want to call it depression, but it puts me in a, a, a weird place because I'm so used to having access to all my players, all my coaches um, on an everyday basis, see them physically, or I can at least their a phone call or a text away. When the season ends and, and our guys kind of scatter, it really does, you, you get almost that, like, empty feeling of, you know, everyone's not a unit right now. And I think that that happens um, without any warning, which could be kind of, um, 
you know, dramatic for a lot of people, me included. But my message when I speak to our guys is I really don't talk about anything other than, you know, make sure you're being safe. Um, we don't know what's ahead. We'll just take it day to day and um, stay in shape the best that you can, and not even physically. A lot of this is going to have to be mentally. Um, yeah. And I think that just the unknown is the problem right now for probably most of us. I'm sure. I'm sure you guys agree. Yeah. No. And and when I have a, a you know four boys in the house who are 18, 20, 22, and 24, and they're all off schedule and all confused as to what to do and how to approach things, I'm pretty impressed with the way they're maneuvering through it. And I'm really impressed with just this community of of people that age that are really rolling with this to adjust quickly because classes started yesterday for a majority of everybody. And it was, it was really abrupt. Like we came back from North Carolina. It was like, Oh, come get your kids. And they're, you know, they're in different parts of the country. We're like, well, how are we going to do that? What, you know, you know, kind of thing. And it just sort of reality hit all at once. And um, so I'm, I'm pretty, very impressed with how, how, this age group is is responding and also all the the teachers with all the little kids doing virtual classrooms and reading books and so forth coach beckler how how about you what's uh what's going on in your world well considering i i consult and speak to sports teams across the country uh i'm i'm pretty much unemployed here for the next month month and a half just like a lot of other a lot of other people all my stuff was canceled but uh We've been doing a lot of virtual things uh, online um, with with uh, virtual training. We've been doing a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails to different coaches, and, and really just encouraging coaches to to stay engaged and stay connected with their players because this is uh, it, it's very easy uh, right now for them to to lose touch with their players because they're not seeing them every day, and uh, and their players are are going to have a lot of time on their hands. They're going to be a lot of a lot of boredom so to speak, even, even though they're going to be watching a lot of Netflix, they're still going to be bored and they still have things that they could be doing. And, uh, you know, coach, coach just talked about, you know, even workouts, gyms are closed, things like that. But, uh, you're seeing now a lot of, uh, on Google, you can, you can go on Google and find a lot of, uh, body weight workouts or workouts you can do at home. And so those are some of the things that we're encouraging a lot of coaches to do is to give their kids ideas, keep them engaged, uh, run contests, uh, do do some social media contests or some interesting things to keep them uh, where they're talking to one another, keep them where uh, they're uh, they're uh, doing things that are maybe fun, maybe creative. But uh, you know, this is a great time for coaches to to develop and develop even further and build their culture. And so that's some of the stuff that we're trying to do with different coaches right now is, is keep those coaches encouraged uh, in and get them to keep their players encouraged during this, you know, unprecedented time. Coach Solano, uh, what do you think about, I'm going to go to bus trips for a little bit. How much would you want that bus trip back from North Carolina back right now? Well, when you're, when, when you're sitting in the middle of the eighth, ninth, 10th hour, you, uh, you really start to appreciate um, not being on a bus. Um, and, our sport has that culture, um, and I've been on it millions, playing-wise, coaching-wise, but you take for granted that it's a great topic because you start to – when things like this happen, you really start to realize what you take for granted. And trips, meetings, all those things that become kind of mundane every season, um, every time we, 
we have to do meal sheets, every time we have to take food orders, every time we have to, you know, just set up for practice. All those things you take for granted go away, and you really start to appreciate um, the process that you do every day. And I can tell you right now, I would pay you $2,000 plus to pull up a bus in front of my house with my team on it and tell me to go drive 24 hours. Um, because at the end of the day, that is, that's what you end up missing. And I tell these guys all the time, you're not going to get together when you're 45, 50, 55 as, as former alumni and, and lifelong friends and talk about the home runs you hit or the people you struck out. You're going to talk about the bus trips. You're going to talk about the time we had a run forever because we did this wrong. Um, or, you know, those are the things you start to, to miss because that's what this whole thing's about for me. Um, so to answer the question, I'd sign up for a, a trip a day um, until yeah. the end of time right now. <laughs> yeah. So let's bring in your bus trip, Coach, <laughs> Coach Beckler. I love, I love this. I kind of wish I had this book a really long time ago, actually, in my own, in my own life. But um, do you want to talk about your – you have a new – is it – it's new. Like, it's not brand new, but, it, I mean, it's new, the bus it, trip, and then it, also, of course, the leadership playbook. Yeah, we released the bus trip on uh, on Black Friday because we figured there was nothing else going on, and uh, you know no one else would be doing anything, so we would we would go ahead and do that and and you <laughs> right. know capitalize on the market of everyone being bored on Black Friday. But uh, we we released it uh, Thanksgiving week, and uh, you know it it was uh, it, it's essentially based on a true story. It's based on 20 years of coaching and based on just my experiences as a player, my experience as a coach and my experiences as an AD. And, and what I tried to do was put in that book, what I would want as a coach for my players to understand and know and, and read. So if I'm giving my players a book, this is what I would want them to, to, to learn because sometimes players, even if they like the coach, sometimes players tune out a coach. Sometimes, you know, the, the voice of the coach gets to be old and repetitive sometimes. And so you know, we've had a lot of coaches buy this book for their teams, and, and that was what I was hoping for because I was hoping this would be a tool that coaches could use, another voice to kind of help their players understand what it means to be a more positive leader, to be a better teammate, and how to how to develop that culture when the coach isn't around. Because as much as Coach Solano is a successful coach and, and he does a good job, you know, his culture is, is being built even more – away from his two hour practices than it is at the practice. And so if, if his players understand how to act better, how to handle situations and adversity better, how to, you know, deal with conversate or how to communicate and conversate in the right way, then that that's when your true culture is going to be strengthened. And so I wanted to be able to give a tool to coaches uh, to be able to give to their players so that they could have better teams. And, and so, you know, we've had, we've had some positive feedback, um, you know, I wish I had this book too. Um, obviously I'm biased, but I wish I had this book or a book like <laughs> this to give to my teams when I was coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I, I know you guys don't know each other, you know, in talking every day or anything like that, but the, uh, coach Beckler, the one thing that I, I truly adore about coach Solano and, um, is that he's not, you know, it's really important to win. I get it and all that stuff, but he's not one of those coaches who um, that's all he's about. Um, I've seen firsthand so much of, of how he interacts with his players, with parents, with people, with, I mean, just completely um, 
it's not unheard of, but it can be rare <laughs> in my experience anyway, and that's limited, I know. But um, Coach Lana, how did you develop that philosophy? Because I think it ties into kind of everything that we're talking about here with the bus trip and how the pl players behave away from your eyesight. Um, <clears throat> I wish I could tell you that when I first became a head coach at 27 years old that I, I had the same um, philosophy and, and operated the same way I do now um, because I didn't. I, in the beginning, thought that um, exactly what you talked about was probably not as important as winning baseball games. Um, and what I learned was um, that at the end of the day, um, if we're going to get into this profession and there's no question that the wins and losses um, are of ultra importance. And there's no question that in a lot of cases, wins and losses will determine the length of your career. I mean, that's reality and that's fine. But I also started to peel back that other layer of well, what are we actually doing? Um, and I kind of felt that we're taking four, a four year period for our players and trying to set them up hopefully for success after they're with us. Um, and not just on, on the field. Um, those that are lucky enough to go on and play, then, you know, obviously they'll be prepared. And that's why I tell every recruit, um, you've heard this, <laughs> obviously. I have. Um, yeah. but we, it's true, though. We, we need, that's the thing about it. <laughs> yeah. And we need to, to do what we can. Whoops, he faded out. After graduation and what they do um, wherever their life takes them. And number two, I really feel the responsibility of providing an experience. And that experience doesn't guarantee winning baseball games to me um, because there is no guarantee. We can position ourselves um, to be successful, but you really can't guarantee wins. We've been lucky enough to have success, but I think that's kind of a byproduct of taking care of all the other things. And, and what coach just mentioned about culture and about what they're doing outside of the times that we practice with the players we're together. Um, I always say that as coaches, the, the idea that we're in complete control of our student athletes is a mirage to me. Um, it, it just, it's not realistic. I am in control of how we set up practice. Sure. I'm in control of game day for the most part until it's time to play. And then I have to just hope we perform. Um, I'm in control of a lot of different things, but that total control that comes from all of us. That comes from my assistant coaches, myself, when I'm not at practice and when I'm not around, I still have to maintain our culture. You know, I can't go home and be, in my mind, someone completely different than I'm trying to tell my guys to be. Um, just as I hope when they leave us on a day-to-day -day basis, when we're not doing related activity, that they are really extending our culture, as he said. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, so the, the, the long answer to a short question is um, I kind of, as I went, I really tried to figure out what the ultimate meaning of being a coach is and – it's not just to make sure that you become the best baseball player um, at this point in your life, because this is pivotal. This is for, through high school. You kind of get, you're at the tip of what I like to say, you're at the tip of manhood <laughs> in a way, you know, that 18 to 22 range, a lot of things can go right. And a lot of things can go wrong. And I think the influences that you have can really determine a lot of times the route you go. And that's a lot of responsibility. If you think about it, like if you think about a coach being, that person in that time of your life that can direct you one way or another, it can get scary if you think about it. But I think if you're always doing the right thing and you always try to do what's right for your student athletes and your program, then um, 
the wins come. I think the wins are a byproduct of everything else. So I kind of, my philosophy was to flip it around. Instead of worrying from the top down, like the wins are on top because that's most important, and then we worry about everything below that, I kind of go from the bottom up. Um, And it's kind of almost a pyramid to me. And that top of that pyramid is the success on the field and all those things. But I really like to enforce the other things to make sure that we do get there. And in my mind, if we do our jobs correctly in recruiting and we do our jobs correctly in teaching the game, we're going to win. If we take care of the culture aspects, we take care of the stuff outside of baseball, I think winning becomes the byproduct of that. I mean, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I would add to or at least play your best baseball because I've seen I've seen you guys have a loss before, whereas everybody really did play well. You know, and, and yep. sometimes there's not much you can do about that. And I and I think one of the things that I like too is that um I have yet to see you put people in places where you didn't think they were going to succeed. I think that's really cool. I noticed that. I think and I think that's ultimately the that's that's really one good broad stroke um, statement about everything we do. And, you know, in terms in terms of coaches, we have to put people in position and want to put people in positions they're going to succeed. If if that if we're not doing that, then in my mind we're not doing anything. Um, so I think that's a good, really good broad stroke um, statement about the whole thing. I, I probably just should have said that. I would have saved you the last six minutes. So. <laughs> Coach Beck, Coach Beckler, what do you, is it music to your ears? What he's saying or what? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the first time, you know, I, I met you and the first time we chatted, you know, you mentioned coach and, and his program and uh, you know, you said all good things about that. And, and that's what I've seen since then, but uh, you know, coaches, coaches, right. And I, I love it when, when coaches have that philosophy or that perspective, it's not like they don't care about winning. Uh, they just understand that a lot goes into winning and, and some of that you can control and some of it you can't control, but what you can control is your effort. What you control is your attitude you can control the process, therefore, the, the process thereby which you go toward winning and try to achieve your goals. You can control that process. You just can't always control outcomes. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying, as coaches, we're trying to turn out young adults into being future adults that are leaders in our communities and in society, you know, whether it's husbands, wives, you know, fathers, mothers, uh, business owners, whatever it is. And, you know, you, you see that, you see that now more than ever, you know, in, in our current state of affairs in the world, you know, you, you want to have people leading, you want to have people with strong character that, that aren't like kites, you know, whichever way the wind blows, they're going to, they're going to go that way. And, and I think oftentimes when you're only worried about results as a coach, when you're only worried about wins and losses, and that's, that's the only thing that, that you're focused on, then what can happen is, is you can shift your priorities. And, and you can start not putting people first and not caring about people. And, uh, you know, and, and ultimately we want to develop people of character so that we have strong leadership in our communities. And, and so, you know, when, when coach says those kind of things, I, I know that he's doing his best to, to try to develop future leaders in this country. Do you, um, oh, I don't know how to help me out with this. Somebody wordsmith me a little here, but um, how do we tie this into what's going on right now? <laughs> That's a question, actually, because um, we're making adjustments. And, and in some cases, like if we just bring current events into this slightly, um, minus politics, we do not do politics on this show very well. Uh, it's not our, I find it really divides our audience a lot. Um, but how do you, 
adjust. How do you, I've, you guys are probably the masters of making adjustments in moments. What do we do? How can you bring that? How are we adjusting now? What, what should we do? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes sense sort of to me, but I don't know if that came out quite right. Anybody want to take that? Well, it's, it's, there's a lot of layers to that, Elizabeth. And, and I yeah. think a lot of, a lot of it sometimes starts with us, you know, leadership begins with us and, in and our perspective and how we're looking at the world and how we're looking at things that are happening. And, you know, you, you mentioned politics and, you know, if, if our lens is political, then we're going to look at everything. Everything's going to shape, our narrative is going to be shaped by what our, what our values are. And so if we're all about politics, then we're going to be shaped that way. If we're all about something else, we're going to be shaped that way. So our perspective has to be what I believe our perspective has to be almost going back to the team, you know, the team it's we, not me. And, and as a country, we're in this together. We're, we got to overcome this, this opponent, which is coronavirus or fear or whatever you, you want to say. So when people are hoarding things, you know, when people are panicking, when people are doing things in their own self-interest, then that's not looking at the team aspect. That's not looking at the we. You know, when you, when you see on the news and, and all these young people are at the beach, you know, I sound oh, like the yeah. old man on the lawn, you know, get off my lawn. But, you know, when you see them at the beach, you know what, they might not really – they're not thinking about the we they're not thinking about the team. They're not thinking about why leaders are putting things into place. And, and yes, they might get sick and it might be inconvenience. They might, you know, they might feel down for a couple of days and it's not going to really affect them. But what it could affect is maybe the older people that they come in contact with. Maybe it's the people with respiratory disease, but they're not thinking that they're just thinking, Hey, I want to do what I want to do. And so if our perspective is me centered or it's, I don't want this leader telling me what to do. Uh, why is this governor who I didn't vote for, or why is this president, or why is this business shutting down? Or, you know, if your perspective is completely me and you're not seeing a bigger picture, if you're only seeing a tree and not the whole forest, then then you're going to be a little skewed in your perspective, and then you're not going to uh, you're not going to behave appropriately. I don't think. That's a great way to put that. What do you think about that, Coach Solano? I agree, a hundred percent. I think that we are unfortunately in a time where, um, and I'm not going to get political, but I think our country is divided. I think that's obvious. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of mistrust. There's a lot of mistrust of authority and government. A situation like this just magnifies that. And I think that if we don't, and, and you couldn't have said it any better, coach, if we don't start thinking in terms of we, um, then, then this could last a lot longer than it should, which is probably the, would be the most scary part of the most uncomfortable feeling would be, having this with no end in sight because we can't really get on board with um, doing the right thing collectively. I, I go back to the adjustment thing. We, as baseball players, baseball coaches, college coaches, anybody that's in athletics, it's all about adjustments. You know, I could have a game at three thirty in the afternoon and at three fifteen it starts to pour. All right. We have to adjust everything. Um, we adjust from pitch to pitch in our sport. So people have asked me, like, wow, you must be going nuts. You must be doing this. I don't really feel that way. You know, I went through my 48 hours of, you know, I can't believe the season's over. Um, I feel bad for our players. And and then I got past that and um, kind of figured out, all right, what do I do next? Um, And I kept going back to just adjusting to 
day to day, whatever comes, um, I had to adjust by um, taking care of my two and a half year old by myself for extended periods of time, which I'm not used to. Um, Cute so child ever, I might add. I am going to interrupt there. <laughs> yeah. um, I need my veto moment every day. Your wife on Facebook post videos and like I'm addicted he is so cute and oh my gosh yeah baby Vito um yeah all right thanks <laughs> oh my god he's so yeah. cute well I tell him <laughs> tell him you're welcome every day that he inherited my look um so he, he's, he's thankful for that but getting back I you know I, I think that I did see that on tv where you see the beaches in Florida and and some other places where people are gathering um, and it really does just come down to that, that getting away from that selfishness and getting away from um, what's good for me instead of good for we. And at the end of the day, one of the things I think about is maybe this is a really good reset for everybody. I think that eventually we're all going to have to kind of go back to basics, <laughs> for lack of a better term. We're going to have to um, really rely on each other a little bit more. Um, and maybe that's something we can you know, really grasp onto for at least a little while after. You know, I hate to bring up 9-11, but I was in the thick of that living in New York, and 9-11 brought about changes right after where all of a sudden, you know, my neighborhood, everybody's neighborhood, the state of New York, New York City, everyone became a lot more friendly. Everyone became a lot more compassionate and patient. Now it all wore off, don't get me wrong. But (laughs) at the end of the day, maybe this is something that can maybe steer us all there um, and myself included. I mean, I think we're all guilty. There's no, there's no question. I mean, I had my selfish moments where I said, okay, now I can't coach. Now I can't go to the gym. Now I can't do this. Um, but I think the quicker we all get past that, um, the quicker we're going to obviously overcome this. But coaches, I think, in general, are always, always um, moving towards the we because that's what it's yeah. about. If you have a coach about me, then I don't see that program being successful um, in the terms that we want it to be. So I think we always operate under the we. So I think it is a little easier in that way. It doesn't mean it's easy, um, but you're still geared for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And like coach said, for- and like coach says, you know, neg- it, you know, we, we talk as coaches about mental toughness all the time and we talk about positive leadership or being positive. And that doesn't mean you're never going to have a negative thought it means that you're going to be able to bounce back and realize that you had that negative thought and that's not productive. And now this is what I need to do. You know, I'm the same way working from home. I have a 10 year old. The last thing I want to do is, is have him home all day, every day while I'm trying to, to do work. And, and, you know, but, but, you know, the YMCA closed, you know, two blocks from me and they have childcare. And I'm thinking, wow, now he's going to be home all day with me, which, which is a great thing from a father-son aspect, from a business standpoint, it's not. But you know what? I had that thought for about five minutes and then recognized that that wasn't productive. And now what can we do now? All right, now I'm going to get a, more of a chance to spend time with my son. Now we're just going to have to – I'm going to have to organize. You know, it's like putting a, a to-do list together. You're going to organize and, and tell your time what you're going to do with it. And, and that's another thing. You know, how often as coaches or as people in, in whatever profession we're in, we say we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. Well, now we have enough time to do a lot of things, um, maybe not outside our house and, and going vacation, but, but we have a chance now to catch up on a lot of things or to get some planning done that maybe we wouldn't have gotten done otherwise. Yeah. Um, you have a did – you, did you adopt 
I can't remember. You adopted, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, we, we I saw that family picture we were, of you yep. guys. It makes my heart sing. Will you talk about that? Just for, I know it's off topic, but I would just love for you to chime in just a little bit about that because it's oh, so adorable. Yeah. Yeah, 10 years ago, we were coaching down in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, and uh, we couldn't have kids, and we were looking at the adoption uh, route, and, uh, and uh, we, uh, we were fortunate. We, we went through the process, and uh, real quickly, uh, after we went through the process, we, had, uh, we got a phone call that, that a mother wanted us to adopt her, her uh, son, and so we had, uh, we had five days' notice, um, and so you. we... Uh, yeah, so five days after we heard about it, we, we had a, a son. He was being born at the hospital, and then uh, we took him home a couple of days later when he was ready to go home from the hospital. Awesome. Yeah, my, my parents adopted my um, younger brother at birth, my brother Justin, um, right, from the, right from the hospital, too. So I have a special place in my heart for, for uh, people who adopt children and, and adopted children. So thank you for doing that. It, it matters a lot so and thanks for sharing that um where where would you guys like to go next with this conversation i want to make sure i'm respectful of your time as well i didn't know how much time you had maybe like 10 more minutes does that does that work sure yeah that's fine okay i I mean I, i i like where the conversation is going as far as parents parenting also with dads at home parenting. Um, I was on a call yesterday. There were six of us on a video conference call and everybody's chill. This was a younger crowd with chill- toddlers running around and somebody's child took off their diaper and ran back of the screen, screaming and hollering and stuff. And it was, you know, it's a moment where the, the person on the call is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, it's okay. We expect this to happen at this point because none of you are used to working from home and there's kids running around and all this stuff. But um, can you, can you talk a little bit more about the work from home part of it um, for all of us, men, women, everybody, what are some of your um, tips that you've learned so far um, in working from home? My, my number one is stay away from the pantry. Um, that's mine. Um, and Coach Lana helped me with that one last May because I'll go into the pantry and mindlessly eat chocolate chips because I'm a chocolate chip cookie monster. And I will literally put my hand in the bag and eat them. And it's a recipe to gain a gazillion pounds. So, um, yeah, the pantry is the pantry kitchen area is really accessible while you're working from home. Um, how about you guys? What have you found so far <laughs> working from home? Well, um, well I've, this, I, I, not to, go ahead, coach. Go ahead, coach. <laughs> well, this isn't, this isn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily a, a practical tip. It's more of a ph- philosophical tip, but Right now, with what's going on, there's a lot of people having to work from home that's never worked from home before. And whether you've never done that before or whether that's what you do all the time, like, like myself, we have an opportunity right now that, that's probably not going to come along ever again, hopefully, is that we have the opportunity to spend so much time with our kids. And we're not going to get that opportunity back. And, you know, people will talk about all the time, you know, they'll look back and their kids grew up so quickly. And, you know, I wish I'd spend more time with them. You have the, we have the opportunity now, us men, especially, you know, when, when we're using our professions as an excuse, why we don't spend time with our kids, we now have that opportunity, the time that we say we don't have, we actually have, because most of our jobs aren't 
of the urgent nature right now as they would have been two weeks ago. Um, you know, Coach Solano talked about he, he has no time at this point normally in a season. Well, now he does. Um, and there's a lot of other people like that. So take, I would say, number one thing is just take advantage of, of the time and this opportunity we've been given as fathers and mothers to, to spend more time with the kids. Amen. How about you, Coach Solano? The first thing I'll say is I, uh, I, I wish that I could tell you that I'm 100% um, good at practicing what I preach when telling you not to go in the pantry. But um, it's been, it's been a battle. It's yeah. it's been a battle. Um, oh my god! And I think that that's probably the hardest part of my day is figuring out when not to be eating something, um, or or looking at to, you know scheming what to eat next. Um, because that so I, I although I'm giving great advice, um, I'm trying my best to actually follow it. Um, but I think I'm I winning. I'm winning. I, I'm winning. I'm winning probably ten to nine right now, you know. So we're we're uh, <laughs> we're, we're one bad round away from uh, from losing this fight. So, um, but I had to that make lasagna tonight. The, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um the eating your feelings can definitely um run you into um a lot of uh it's it's happiness you know at the time and then a lot of unhappiness later on, which is uh, a problem. Um, but I, I, I actually was going to talk um, about exactly what Coach just said. Um, you really start to figure out, like, in this time, like, I'm, my body clock is not used to this, having the time, having, you know, being around my son and my wife as much um, as, you know, in the past I couldn't be. Um, and two things really start to resonate with me. Number one, you know, you really start to see what's important. Um, you really start to – it just hits you in the face – that as coaches, we all, um, no matter who you are, you, you invest so much. You invest so much in your program. You invest so much in your athletes um, and so much of your time, your emotion, all goes there. And you feel like that is the only thing going on in the world, um, especially when you're in season. And this is a real, you know, time where you can, your eyes get open to the fact that, you know, you're sometimes as important as we want to seem and as important as you want this thing to be, there are actually things that are just as or more important than, you know, your baseball program or um, whatever sport you coach or, or whatever did you do professionally. Um, this is a time where, um, Coach, as you said, we can use this time to kind of realize those things. And from a two-and-a-half-year-old to three-year-old range for my son, I can be here, you know, ultra-accessible. Um, and he's never going to be two-and-a-half to three years old again. Um, so I think one silver lining is, I'm going to get to see a lot of, you know, the two and a half to three year old period where, you know, normally I'm probably cutting this in a third, um, yeah. which, you know, I think that you, you take those positives from it. Um, now you just have to make sure you just, you know, don't eat yourself into oblivion. And, um, you know, oh my God. when he rips his diaper <laughs> off, you don't lose your mind. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's the same idea. I, I have the same emotions when, when Vito acts out and goes nuts when I'm on the phone that I do when, you know, one of my guys skips class, it's just, you know, and then you, you, you have that 10 second, what are you doing? And then you have that rest of the time going, okay, how do we fix this? So um, it's just a different, different kinds of problems, but the same kind of, you know, process really. Yeah. 
Yeah, I um, our kids are bigger, and I can tell you that um, I I would just give anything for those moments back of being able to put all the Hot Wheels cars out across the floor and just play toys with them. It was so much fun. We had Magic Castle and Hot Wheels cars and Rescue Heroes and all these cool things. And um, I used to have like GI Joes hanging from my lamp and I'd look up and they would have played tricks on me with all the toys everywhere. <laughs> it was just funny. So yeah. And do you have, um, do you guys have Nerf, Nerf guns by any chance? Like Nerf, anything Nerf yet? So I haven't, ventured into the world of, of letting him shoot things because uh, he's got enough going on. I don't know where that would end up. Um, um, my cat would probably have a stroke. So, um, cat, Charlie. Yeah. I, I do, uh, but we do throw things. He's, he, he's, he's become pretty, pretty um, proficient at throwing, which is maybe good for the future, but right now can get, you know, a little tough. Um, but if you have the itch to play with all these toys, it's, it's 6 a.m. tomorrow. If you want to drive to Connecticut and come to my house, we can we can set it up. <laughs> so much fun. It, I, it looks like a blast to me every morning. I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. It's like so much fun. Um, Coach Beckler, do you have the same view on on toys and and all that stuff? Or you know, are you what what does your son like to do? Does he does he play sports yet or anything like that? He likes to watch TV and he likes to play on his tablets, his Kindle. And, uh, and, uh, he, he's, he loves watching other people play games, but he doesn't play them himself. So he'll watch some of these YouTube videos and stuff. And, uh, he's got a million toys, but he doesn't play with them. Uh, Oh, I've had had two children like that. Yep. (laughs) Two out of the four are like that. A million toys around and they just want to do something else. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. So I've had to learn, you know, uh, when when normally when he's home, like throughout my process of working at home, I've learned at different stages. There's different things I've learned as a as a stay at home worker, and uh, you know, I've I've figured out the summers because you know you 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 send them to summer camp or there's summer programs, but I'm just now figuring out the uh, you know the no school. Um, that we're in right now where there's not summer programs. There's not anything that he can go do, but we're, uh, we're essentially making him earn his screen time with different homework assignments and stuff. So he gets those done and then he earns it. And and that means more to him than any allowance could mean, you know, money doesn't, money doesn't talk to him. It's screen time. So we're, Mm. uh, we're having him earn his screen time. Like some people would do a chore chart for, uh, for allowance. We're doing it for screen time. Yeah, I have um, one of our kids created it when when we didn't know what it was. You know, it was like, look, mom, what I'm doing. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. He created a YouTube channel and it has a million views on it. And he did that like in ninth grade. And um, <laughs> he was, yeah. And um, so I've, I've one really extreme gamer type. And, and it was hard to, to do some of those um you know, when somebody gets really good grades and then they're doing that too, it's hard to say, well, I got to limit your screen time too, because you're getting all A, you know, I didn't know quite what to do with it. So we did some of those things too to limit the screen time, even though the, he seemed to need the screen time to be able to do what he was trying to achieve. It was sort of like um, probably real similar to what they do now with some of the e-games and, um, and so forth. But, you know, I, I want to make a point here of why we're kind of going this far into playing toys with kids and daddies and, you know, all this stuff. It's, it's to kind of get the conversation going because I don't think people know exactly what to do and the routines are off 
um, the, everything's kind of kind of off. And so I think this conversation will be really comfortable for other people to listen to 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 get an idea of of what to do. So I, I appreciate you guys going there. And um, I, I agree with you, Coach Solano, on the whole Nerf gun thing, because I, I was one of those parents too, who was like, um, yeah, no guns um, ever. And um, we've had some of the best Nerf wars ever, though, as they got bigger. He's too little, probably. I forgot how little he was. But oh my gosh, as they got older, we've had some of the best neighborhood Nerf, Nerf wars and pool um, water gun things and stuff like that but um it's so much fun with nerf soakers is what the what they're called um but it's a little bit cold for that isn't it with all of the um snow here in maine um what what do you guys how do you want to end the show um i'd like just maybe some almost like closing thoughts i guess as we um be mindful of time here with five more minutes so um coach lana do you want to go first sure um I think that if, if we're talking about um, how to maneuver through this, um, my philosophy now is is um, part taking it day by day, which is very hard for people who, you know, are planners and coaches and especially are always setting things up. But I think there's a lot of aspect of day-to-day these days that we're going to have to get used to. Um, and I also think you can still make routines even though um, – you know, you're, you're probably limited in, in resources and limited in the things that you're used to. Um, if routine is what makes you comfortable, you can still create them. Um, with everything that you have to do right now or what you're capable of doing, you can still create those. I'm, I kind of been doing it subconsciously. Um, it, it's really hard in a sense when you're used to structuring everything. You know you go to the office. You know at this time on Tuesday you have this, and your weeks are kind of planned out, mapped out, and you're used to basically that repetitive normalcy. But now – but what I've really learned is you can do a lot of multitasking that you couldn't, you didn't realize you could um, between, you know, using my mobile office, which is essentially my iPhone and tablet. Um, you can get a lot done on the fly. And it's, I think that's uncomfortable for people, but I also think that if you embrace it, um, it you can get some of that normalcy back and it becomes like the new normal. So um, oh I just really think that you have, you have to do what you can do to keep yourself mentally um, where you need to be. And I think that's what probably to me would be the most challenging part. Um, cause now we're in a new environment, even though you're at home, it's still new to most of us to be stuck for what we're going to call it stranded, stuck, quarantined, just to create that mental wellness. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, to me is the, is the challenge. As you were talking, I got a question from somebody. Um, they, hold on. Um, it, they want you to please touch on the topic of recognizing depression in athletes. Boy, um, that's probably a whole nother show, but yeah. do you want to take yeah. that really fast? Because she's, she's saying, I'm starting, I feel like my son is depressed. Sure. I, I, knowing that obviously times like this can bring out a lot of things. Um, I think if you're looking for signs, I think anything out of the normal mood patterns or anything out of the norm, the good news is being a college coach, you, you're around your players so much, we can tell. We, we can tell right away when guys are off a little bit. Um, and now more than ever, we're conscious of it. And I think that's the best part. Um, if you would have asked me about this when I first became a head coach in 2005, I, would have, I, I wouldn't even have said that was a thing to worry about or even know about, unfortunately. 
Um, but I think lately that's become a big topic. Um, and now our eyes are open and we're always kind of look, not looking for it, but where we understand that it exists. Um, yeah. That That's kind of where I was going with that whole mental wellness, um, whether it's creating an exercise routine, whether it's um, doing something that stimulates you to get to a good mental place um, is really vital, especially right now. I think in terms of signs, anything out of the norm, um, I know with our guys, I know their personalities very well. So to me, I always start there. If a guy's personality has really changed um, over a short period of time or a long period of time, I kind of start to think, you know, is there something underlying that's going on? I, I really couldn't tell unless it's case by case, but I look for personality because our guys are going to be who they are, and we know that. You know, and, and yeah. we have a really good sense of who they are. And as a parent, you do too. So to me, I always look at personality. If there's a change there, um, I think you might want to just probably start to examine it a little bit. Um, communicate. I think that's my number one. Communication is the key. Um, if you decide to turn the blind eye and say, oh, it'll work itself out, I don't know that that's always the best. Um, and yeah. being a teenager, the last thing I ever wanted to do was talk to my parents at that point in my life. Um, so I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but as a coach, you know, in my experience, they talk to us e- more easily, you know, and we can get to the, to the root of a lot of things. Um, and I'm fortunate to be honest with you. I haven't really dealt with too much of it in terms of um, something catastrophic, but from time to time, we, we always keep an eye on, you know, personality traits and how guys are acting day to day. Um, and I think it's important not to overlook anything and not think, that something's not important. If you think it's off, even if it's the littlest thing, I think it deserves attention. You kind of just keep an eye on it and, and, and see where it goes. I hope that answers the question. I think it's a loaded topic, and like you said, we could do a whole a whole show on that. Yeah. No, um, she's saying that was really helpful. So it's actually two parents who are listening who um, have a student-athlete at home from a different program, and um, yeah. so that's that's really helpful. Um Coach Beckler, I have, a, I have a specific question for you, too. I'm going to give you this one. Um, somebody just tweeted this and said, what do we do if people think this is all funny and they're sending memes and jokes and texts and all this stuff? Um, do you have a, a take on the ha-ha, ha-ha? You know, my dad used to say it's all really funny until it's not. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I have a terrible answer. I think – I think there are a lot of people out there that are taking this way too seriously. I also think there's a lot of people out there not taking it seriously enough. And and I know that's a terrible answer. No, I actually uh, think that's I a think, brilliant answer. Hang on one Coach Donna, do well, you think that's a great answer? 100%. I also think yeah. that people have to realize, too, a lot of times, it, that's a coping mechanism in my mind, too. And I think that that fear that people have about whatever's going on, the uncertainty and the unknown, comes out in different ways. So as much as I want to, like, call that person and strangle them, um, sometimes I take two steps back all the time and I say, okay, this is maybe how they're dealing with it. Maybe they don't want to say, wow, I'm, I'm a little nervous here. I'm a little scared of what this is. So I also kind of look at it that way. But I think Coach hit it on the head. I think yeah, that I did too. underreacting, you know, and underreacting and overreacting are happening everywhere. But as a general a philosophy of mine, I think we need to overreact just because if we, if we, if we take this as an overreaction and, and move accordingly overreacting, then we are eliminating some possible, you know, catastrophe style things that could happen. Um, so I'd rather overreact to this than under personally. Yeah. 
How about, how about yeah, I think, keep going? I, backwards? I, think, yeah. I think we just need to be, I think we need to always, not just now, but we need to be sensitive to situations and sensitive and self-aware of what's going on around us. Now that works both ways too. And, and we can also be overly sensitive in terms of we get offended by too many things. We can also be uh, overly sensitive in terms of we're always worrying about everybody's feelings. And so we're never, you know, we're walking on eggshells. So we, we want to have a a healthy and realistic self-awareness of what's going on around us. I think the memes that talk about, uh, and I don't have any specific in mind, but the, but memes that might talk about people getting sick or making fun of people getting sick, th- those are probably insensitive. Uh, you know, if it's a meme about, and, and I don't even have one in mind, but, but being self-quarantined and all of a sudden, you know, now, you know, your wife doesn't like you anymore because you're always in the house or something, you know, that, that might be just a funny ha-ha marriage type meme. Um, those kind of things. Yeah. So I think we need to, to, to have some self-awareness of, of what it is and not get too offended, but also not be out there just, you know, flaunting, oh, I can make a funny meme and I'm going to make fun of this situation when people are dying. And so we, we do want to remember that. So it, it goes both ways. We want to stay away from extremes whenever we can. Yeah. Good point. All right. Well, um, any, any, we have to go because of time and so forth. And I, I want to thank you both for, for being here. Uh, any last, anything before we go? I think it's been a great conversation. Stay safe. Oh Stay yeah, safe. please. Good point. Stay safe and well. Um, anything else? All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your questions and your calls. Um, We didn't get to all of the live callers. This wasn't that type of show today, but we did take a few of your questions. Um, I encourage you to follow up with us um, on Twitter or in email with me, and I will pass questions along to the coaches, and maybe they can answer them in their blogs or on another show that we do in the future. So thank you all so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. Uh, Stay well, stay safe, and um, we'll talk to you again, I think, on Thursday. We have another show at 1 o'clock. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you again to both Coach Solano and Coach Beckler for being here and to all of you. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.